Throwing the doors wide open here at my house, Rosie on the house. My number one son and co-host, Romy Romero, here in studio for the last, oh, that's, that's been about 15 years now you've been in here with me, hasn't it? It was about 2002, 2003 you started coming in? Somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So you've been with us halfway through the 30-year journey. Well, you were with us all the way because you <laughs> used to join me uh, when we started a long, long time ago. And uh, my wife, Sweet Jennifer, is in the call booth. And you can reach her by dialing one 767 4348 If you've got a question about your house, home, castle, or cabin, give us a ring. We'll put our 40 years of home building and remodeling experience to work for you. Regardless where you are in the great state of Arizona, we've built and remodeled virtually in every single corner of the state. So even if we can't help you with your dilemma, we probably know someone in your neighborhood that can. And then, of course, our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D., is on the board making sure all the satellites are properly aligned for you to pick up the broadcast. Welcome to Rosie on the house. It's open line hour. The number is one 767 We were talking in the seven o'clock hour about getting out and enjoying the great state of Arizona in spite of the fact that most of the national forests have a significant amount of property that they have closed and access is extremely limited. There's plenty still to do outside. And eight o'clock hour, we brought in Kevin Van Dan Zeisen and had Dan some a- absolutely a- delicious dairy products. We had a texture saying, S- spell that for me, would you? <laughs> D-A-N-Z-E-I-S-E-N. Dan Zeisen. Dan Zeisen Dairy of Levine, Arizona. Had a great visit with him. Nine o'clock hour, we're going to be talking with you, the homeowners, about any project you've got scheduled in about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And in that, Jan Diotri did share with us a great dairy oh, yeah. uh, recipe for your dessert. The Philly Fruit Cloud. The Philly Fruit Cloud. The other thing we're going to be talking about today is I know now with the kids out of school and you uh, snowbirds, winter visitors that we love, uh, are heading home, you may be getting ready to leave your house for a weekend, a long weekend, a week, or the entire summer season. So Jennifer was recently down in Casa Grande for a Chamber of Commerce event and got to meet Thomas Anderson, the public information and crime prevention officer from the Casa Grande Police Department. So he had put together a checklist of things you need to consider prior to leaving your house. So we asked him to join us this morning by, by phone. Let's bring Officer Anderson into the conversation. Good morning. Good morning, Rosie. How are you? Hey, super fantabulous. And yourself? We're, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Okay, the first thing we got to get straightened out is we have an ongoing battle amongst our listeners. Is it Casa Grande or Casa Grande? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's exactly the decision we've reached. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So, uh, Jennifer met you at the Chamber of Commerce event. You had put together this crime prevention guidelines. Tell us about this. Well, you know, um, I, all I simply did was uh, put these ideas on paper, but I didn't come up with them. Um, you know, in law enforcement these days, there are a lot of uh, industry standards and there's a lot of information out there that we share among ourselves. Uh, 
you know, locally, statewide, nationwide, and, and throughout the world when it comes to safety and security. And uh, so we don't really reinvent too many things. Um, but the this simple list that we came up with didn't come from me or another officer. It came from our winter visitors. Um, we have about 55,000 or so of a permanent population here in, in Casa Grande. <laughs> and uh, we have, uh, you know, anywhere from 20 to uh, 25,000 or so extra folks come into our city during the wintertime. Um, and they, you know, when they come in, they, they live here. They, they use a, they use our, our city services, and, and they're just like permanent residents. They're only here for five or six months, though. Well, now, and, uh, now officer, as I tell people in, in lo- looking at their homes and looking at their neighborhoods, they need to think like a burglar. Absolutely. And, and, and if you're telling me that one-third of your population are part-time residents, as a burglar, I'm thinking that's a target-rich environment. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I look at it exactly the same way, Rosie. Um, I talk to our criminals, uh, so and, and our patrol officers and detectives do, and many of them are are actually proud of how they do things, and and they'll tell you why or how they did things, and uh, and it's very interesting. Uh, most of the time, you know, it, it's a simple concept of risk versus reward. Most of the time, they're looking at what the potential consequence is to the risk that they're taking and what the potential reward is. And, and many times they're willing to take that risk. So if there are people here, more people, and uh, then, then there's possibly more of a reward. And if there are people here that are going to be away from their homes for a, a, an extended period of time, in their minds, you know, the criminal that is, in their minds, they're thinking, okay, I can get away with this much easier. No one's going to hear me, see me. No one's going to check on that home for a while. I'm going to get in and get out and, uh, and get what I want. And I tell people, look, you've got to make the home as visually unattractive to this burglar as possible. Create visual barriers by one, making sure everyone can see your front door, right? Absolutely. You know, and and some of our homes, uh, you know, the front door is not that easily visible or accessible, but um, it's interesting. Uh, I'm uh, unfortunately, uh, for some of our viewers, your viewers, uh, they might not like this, but I'm not a, an Arizona native, but I've been here for a long time, and, and I've noticed that uh, lots of folks live in, in their house or in the backyard, and so people don't really hang out in their front yard very much, and they don't pay attention to their front door. They don't pay attention to the, uh, you know, the dust and the dirt and the, and the leaves. And, exactly. And, uh, yeah, the, the newspaper, uh, uh, the little supplemental newspaper hanging on the doorknob or the business cards from landscapers or whoever might be walking through your neighborhoods that are left on the front door. They don't pay attention to that. And that's a clear sign to a burglar, hey, nobody's paying attention to this front door. Even if someone's living here, nobody's paying attention to this area. If I were to break this little window or pull back this little screen or pry this door open, how long before they even noticed I was here? And how long will somebody spend trying to break into a home? Well, you know, not not much time. Uh, now, if they know that, for example, if they know it's an area, especially if it's an area where there's lots of winter visitors living, and, you know, in Arizona we've got many neighborhoods and communities that are, you know, 50% or more yes. populated with winter visitors. Yeah. So they drive down the street or walk down the street or ride their bicycle because they don't have a car down the street, and, and they see these homes that are basically bundled up, wrapped up, for the for the summer, uh, they know that they have a little extra time. But typically, a burglar wants to get in and get out as quick as possible. They don't want to be heard. They don't want to be seen. They want to get in and get out. There are cases. There have been cases of people that of burglars that will break in and they, we call them squatters. They'll stay in your home for a while. They'll they'll you know drink your uh, 
your juice in the fridge or whatever else you have. They'll eat your food and they'll bundle everything up, maybe take a nap, and they'll leave later. But typically, they want to get in and get out. Well, where would your list be available for people to check? Because not only do you have the guidelines, but you also have a checklist that I think is just an excellent checklist. Right. And, you know, well, our checklist is available on our website for the city of Casa Grande. It's casagrandeaz.gov. And and it's one of those city websites where you have to click on the police tab. Um, And we have... We, we put it out frequently on our Facebook and, and Twitter page, uh, and, and also we have a smartphone application that's for Android and, and iPhone-based, um, like many Valley agencies do. Uh, so they can be found there just simply under Casa Grande Police Department. But to be honest with you, even I was looking at your, uh, by way of your wife, of course, putting me onto it, I was looking at your home security consumer guide that you have on your uh, website, and it's the same. It's the same information, you know. And, and we're not teaching people new things. These are these are tips and and ideas or or or, or you know ways of, of of living your life that we already know about. We just get busy, you know. We're uh, we have life going on. There's there's jobs and families and and things to do and and trips to take, and, and we just forget about our safety and security. So. Um, this information is just everywhere, really. Well, we have it at roseonthehouse.com. If you'll just put in a search engine, home security, and narrow your search to those phrases specifically, it'll be the first thing that pops up. It's the home security consumer guide. And we would give presentations, Officer Anderson, at Kiwanis clubs, Rotary clubs, uh, uh, block watch uh, meetings in the evenings, PTA meetings. And this is a list that we put together just like yours over years. People would come to me and say, that's a pretty good list. But you know how they got into my house? And and it was just compiling the information that homeowners were feeding us. And this is about 15 years of information just collecting it from break-in victims and how those particular break-ins could have been avoided. Right, right. And you know, Rosie, just to add to that, it's – you know, I don't want to sound, I don't, I don't want to make anyone feel paranoid or anything, but, um, you know, if somebody really wants to break into your door and you have, a, for example, you have a glass sliding door in your back patio, they could just break the door, right? Um, they could just smash that glass. Uh, but like we said earlier, these, these criminals, they don't want to be caught. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be heard. They want to get in and out quickly without leaving any evidence behind. And uh, so these crime profession, uh, prevention efforts that we take to deter crime are really important. And, and these tips that you put out, that, that we put out, that most law enforcement agencies put out, and even many insurance companies will give you these kind of tips and lists to use, checklists to use, um, they're, they're a good way of deterring the criminal that, is, that, is, that has that risk versus reward mentality. They're, op- they're opportunists. They're looking for the quick, the easy, and the low risk. Officer Thomas Anderson, Public Information and Crime Prevention Officer from the city of Casa Grande, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your Saturday morning to join us here on air with our listeners at Rosie on the House. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. I appreciate you. Uh, Okay, man. Thanks a million. So there's some tips for all of you thinking, like I say, whether you're heading out of town for a day, a week, or the season. You can find it at Casa Grande website, or you can find it at rosieonthehouse.com. In a couple weeks coming up, we actually will have a topic about remote home monitoring uh, with all the technology and apps and smartphones and video cameras and so forth. There's a lot of things available you can use to help monitor your home remotely or at least give the presence 
to the criminal that someone lives there. Change your lighting system from your phone. Turn your sprinklers on. Change, uh, <clears throat> change all kinds of different features that make it look somebody's physically inside doing these things when in reality you're on, you're on the beach in San Diego or camping up in the mountains. Well, let me talk to any of you that might be interested in doing a little car shopping, all right? Now, there is no limit to the choices you have and dealerships you have to drive to and check out. But I'm telling you personally, from my experience of car shopping for the last 45 years, there's only one dealership I've gone to over and over and over again for the last 25 years. They're the only place I have bought a car. It's Sanderson Ford. And they have got a new program out. You've got to log on to their website. You shop from home, you buy from home, and they deliver the vehicle. You actually click on that on their webpage. It shows you the cars. You pick the color. You pick the price. You decide if you're going to pay cash, if you want to finance it, or you want to lease it. They give you the option right there on the website. How long do you want to lease it for? How long do you want to finance it for? What are you trading in? What's your personal information? You pick the car. You buy the car. And they deliver the car to your house. Sanderson Ford. Thirty years of helping homeowners in about around their house, home, castle, or cabin. We have David on the line. We have Donna on the line. Two callers called in. I don't know their names yet, but we're going to get to all of them. Let's start with David, who's been patiently holding the longest, calling from Tempe. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning. How are you? Super. How are you, my friend? Doing great, thanks. What you up to today? Well, just doing things around the house, but I need your help. Okie doke. Um... House. We purchased this house uh, uh, more than 10 years ago, and sometime prior to that, uh, the covered carport, was the, the cement was painted. And, of course, now it's ragged and only half of it's there. How do I get the rest of it off? Uh, David, take a picture of it and get over to Cohills. Um on that's university and what about twenty about forty forty eighth forty sixth yeah. street. It's uh, a fortieth street exit. Then you take the first left. If you're going north, you come back around. You turn <laughs> in at the well, what is that little cafe? Peppercorn and Peppercorn Cafe, really good one. It's always crowded. Okay, you'll find and that. And there are like three more buildings down on the left hand side, and you can't miss it because their entire driveway is fifty different styles of stamp. And color stain concrete. concrete. So pull their address, okay. buddy. While I and and David, if if they'll just get an idea, just take a picture of it and take it to the guys down there. They get an idea of what's down there, how long it's been down. They'll be able to give you the right product to take it off. Okay, so that's that's okay. project that's project one. Pepper sauce okay. cafe. Pepper sauce. Okay. Pepper okay. sauce cafe. Turn in front of pepper okay. sauce cafe, and they're at thirty eight twenty five East Ann Street. Okay, thanks a lot. I'll stop in and add it to your tab. So. There you go. All right. There you go. Okay, in your uh, calendar in April, sorry I'm running a little behind, but <laughs> under things to do around the house, one of them is under the water heater is to replace the the rod and yeah, the water heater. Yeah, anode rod. Is that, yeah, is that something I can do? Yeah, it's pretty easy if you'll just uh, – you, you can actually, David, just go to YouTube and plug in replacing anode rod. 
and you'll have about 20 different videos you can watch. It's just a plug. Generally speaking, it's just a plug. It's a big hex nut that you can see on the top of your water heater, and you'll just take a, 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 a socket wrench, break that loose, turn to, uh, close the uh, uh, water pressure uh, valve to the water heater, mm-hmm. turn the water heater off, break that loose. It lifts up, and uh, it, it, it's a piece of soft metal that's about three feet long, and it's about the diameter of your thumb. And if okay. and it's silver, and if it's if it looks like it has measles and it's got white spots <laughs> all over it, or if it's even there, it, yeah, pe- <laughs> it may have already deteriorated. Pe- well, that's the point I'm getting to. <laughs> if it's got the white spots like measles on it, but it's still bigger around than your pinky finger, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And don't replace it. Put it right back. Now. If it's the diameter of pencil lead and it's a steel bar, that means all of the soft uh, alloy has been eaten away and you have to replace it. And what that means is that all those hard minerals are eating away at the steel tank it's, instead of the, the anode rod. Because the anode rod is, okay. just, is just a sacrificial rod to keep the aggressive nature of water eating it instead of eating your water heater. Okay, so when I replace it with a new one, if it needs it, does it uh, take a special seal or nope. just nope. screw it in? Just screw it in. That's okay. it, man. Okay. okay. One one last thing on it is my water heater is outside and it's in a little protective storage thing. So do I remember right that the new rods can come instead of one long piece? Yeah. Yeah. Section. Yeah. 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 Exactly. When you've got a when you when you a lot of times they're in a laundry room underneath a seven foot soffit and you can't lift the rod all the way out, but they make them where they're linked, uh, you know, in one foot lengths, and you just drop them in one at a time. Link them. Okay, and just get them at a plumbing supply. Or? Yes, sir. Yep. What's your okay. What's your zip code? Eight five two eight one. Five two eight one. That's East Valley, Priest, right? Priest and Broadway, yeah. Tempe. So from there, uh, Central Arizona plumbing supply is up on 51 and Camelback. It's probably okay. the closest one off the top of my head. You know, I don't know. They're, they're, they've they just got them all over the place between Hughes and, sure. you know. Sure. But, okay. And again, I, and again, th- this is the value of cell phones. I would take a picture of the water heater in the configuration it's in, take a picture of the top of the water heater, the brand of the water heater, and the compartment that it's stored in, and I'd go with those photos to the plumbing okay. supply store and say, I want to replace my anode rod. As long as you got the water heater turned off and the water turned off to the water, the water pressure turned off, go ahead and drain it real good. And, you, again, there's steps to that. You you open the petcock valve at the bottom. You drain all the water out. A lot of sediment's going to come out, and depending on how long it's been since you've done it before, once it's empty, you turn the water pressure back on, rinse the back of the bottom of the tank, let that drain out. You may have to do that two or three times until the water's draining clear. Voila, bada-bing, bada-boom, your water heater's now all set. Put the anode rod in. Boom! You're done, baby. All right. Okay, thanks. Happy anniversary. All right, David. Thank you very much. When we get back, it's Donna and Jeff and you, if you can get online real quick. And then there is a Ferguson over off of McClintock and Broadway, and most of those places, supplies, are open until noon on Saturdays.
Welcome back to Rosie on the House. It's our call-in hour for your home improvement project. As you all know, we are a big, big lover of outdoor Arizona, and I'm here in the studios of KTAR, and I see the wildfire, wildland reporter, journalist extraordinaire in person walking through the bulletproof glass, Mr. Jim Cross. I grabbed him by the neck, and I said, Jim, get in here for one minute. How you doing? Thanks. What's that map you were showing me? So Jim Cross from KTAR, y'all have heard him for years reporting on the wildfires across. He, he, he reports on a lot of things, but somehow, some way, you've earned a kind of like a little niche in the yeah. wildfire reporting. Yeah, thirty years, but uh, in the wildfires. But uh, that map uh, you're telling me about. Uh, it's a national interagency fire center in Boise. Uh, they put out monthly outlooks, and June looks bad in Arizona. I, mean, I asked a meteorologist last week, I said, when when are we going to see humidity? He said, no time soon. We're looking at probably at least five weeks before oh, we're seeing any rain. And Phoenix has had an inch of rain since October 1st, one inch. Yeah. And we should be at about five and a half. Having moved here in 65, I can tell you from memory, this is the driest I've ever seen it. Yeah, and when, it, I, when Jennifer and I on horses out in the desert, or walking, or hiking, or uh, the the cattle tanks, the the wet spots up on the rim. I mean, the, none of them. No, it's nothing. everywhere. I was down at Benson last weekend, and all the way between here and Tucson, between Tucson and Benson, you know, south of Benson, bone dry. I'm so thankful we made it through Memorial Day weekend. That's always a, yeah. I hold my breath on that one. We had a 200 acre fire up. Uh, Northwest of Sedona, that didn't do anything, didn't burn anything. Um, that was about it. That was up on top of Sycamore. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was worried going into because you put that many people out in the woods. Yeah. Even though you know campfires were off limits, they had people starting campfires. Anything going right now? Nothing going uh, of any significance. Okay, but you said New Mexico's. New Mexico's bad. Uh, they have a fire east of Angel Fire right now. That's. 10,000 acres or more. Oh, man. Uh, they have another fire near Reserve, New Mexico, that's yeah. twenty two or 23,000 acres. That's a pretty state, just like Arizona. Yeah, yeah, it is. Both states are dynamite right now. Uh, they really are. Well, ho- we're, we're holding our breath, saying our prayers, and, and wishing for the best the next yeah. 30 days. Got to get through it. Oh, man. Mr. Jim Cross, what is your official title? Officially? Uh Senior news reporter. Senior news reporter. How, but how did you get the niche of, of wildfire coverage? Well, I grew up in Idaho and grew up around loggers and uh, forest people. Uh, started covering wildfires in 88. First one was in uh, Hell's Canyon in uh, Idaho, and they had to take us up in the canyon in a jet boat. And that's a rough ride up that river. Um that's how it all started, and I just kind of it just kind of snowballed after that. I was visiting with Jim Paxson, you know, retired on his little ranch in Truth or Consequences now, but he said to say hello. What the hell am I? <laughs> right. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, well, he's been retired now a few he's, years. Yeah, so. He's a good fire guy. His, 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 he says his wife worked him almost to death, and now he's running for county commissioner just for something else to do. Really? <laughs> it was Debbie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that first uh, at the rodeo fire, I think they had just— yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, Jim Cross, thanks a million for joining us here at Rosie on the House. Thank you. That said, it's an ongoing warning for everybody. Please get outside, enjoy Arizona, but do it with an extra, extra level of precaution for any sparks or blazes. All right, let's get back to the phones. Can we bring Donna into the conversation? 
Hello? Miss Donna, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? What are you up to today? Oh, not too much running errands. All right. How can we help you around the house? Well, actually, uh, my husband and I have purchased some land in Snowflake, and we're interested in, of course, building on the property and hopefully living there in the next two years. Nice. So we are just uh, looking to find some reputable, licensed, bonded, and insured contractors. Yeah, you know, uh, for for a lot of reasons, that's it's going to be hard. it's not going to be hard to find a reputable contractor because in a small community like that, word travels fast. Okay, so you can't be irreputable and stay in town for very long. But it's going to be hard to find somebody, in my experience. When I have to try and build something in the White Mountains, as a matter of fact, Romy and I have talked about my retirement plans. We, we've got this company. We already got the name of it, Arizona Mountain Masonry Maintenance Free Living. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do in my retirement. I'm going to go to the White Mountains. I'm going to build people masonry maintenance-free homes that they can live in part of the year, all the year, or as ever much as they want. But finding subcontractors, we were up in Happy Jack looking at the fire, the homes that have been burned by fire. The the insurance agents we talked to are saying, we can't find anybody to come up here and help us. I stopped at Pine Lumber uh, that's been there for 60 years. And he said, you know, they're just, everybody is so busy, we can't take another ounce of extra work. So here's what I want you to do. And it gets dangerous there because people will get desperate and they'll hire the new guy that comes to town who's just there to supply the fast need of labor and is gone as soon as that, yeah. sh- that shortage and demand goes down. So We have some new friends in Snowflake, Donna. They own the Heritage Inn, and they've been there a long time. Jennifer's going to pick you back up, get you in touch with the folks that own the Heritage Inn, They've been in Snowflake a long time. They know everybody. That's probably going to be the best place for you to start. See what local recommendations you can get there. When you're driving up to Snowflake, stop in Heber, stop in Overgard, stop in Sholo. Check with the plumbing supply houses. Check with the electrical wholesalers. Check with the lumber yards. Find out who do they send material to regularly in the Snowflake area. You start collecting Names from various sources, one name is going to keep coming up over and over and over again, and that's probably going to be your best candidate. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yep. And you're and probably going to have to wait three um, to four weeks for them. <laughs> more towards the fall and winter is probably a better time to look at for contractors because they're probably not as busy. Well, that all depends whether or not the fish are biting or they have a deer or an elk tag. Because I can tell you from the homes I've built above Payson up in the Strawberry Pine area, if you don't have that home done by the start of hunting season, you aren't going to get it done until the springtime unless you bring all your contractors up from the valley. That's just, you know what, that's why they live there. (laughs) Yep. Donna, you keep me posted as you, as you, as you decide on a, on a plan as you develop your property plans as you start interviewing contractors 
I'll be happy to help you every inch of the way with what questions to ask and what to look for. Do y'all have to drill a well? Yeah, we're going to have to have it well drilled and septic. Okay. We can even start a manufactured home. Okay. Well, I've, one of the first calls I'd make is to Sholo. I'd call Beeman Brothers Drilling and say, I'm, I've got property at Snowflake. I'm going to need a water well, septic, and a home built. Give me two or three names of guys you've worked with. The Beemans have been up there for two generations. Okay. So there's about five different ideas on how to start rounding up names, okay? All right. Thank you very much. All right. Now then, you owe me the, the obligation of keeping me posted on how it's going. And then check the registrar contractor's website. Make sure it's an active, current license number that they're operating under. Absolutely. Okay, with that said, that opens the line for you at one 767 What are you trying to tackle this particular Saturday in the great state of Arizona at your house? Let us put our experience and work to work for you. We can give you tips, tricks of the trade, the right tools, the right products. Well, actually name brands of products we like the best. That's what you get when you call Rosie on the House with 40, 45 years of home building and remodeling experience right here in Arizona. Let's go to Jeff in Glendale. Donna from Snowflake to Jeff in Glendale. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good, man. What are you up to today? What you got going on? Well, I just watched a whole family of hummingbirds grow, and they flew the nest. Wonderful. Oh, you had a little, you had you had you had them nesting right outside your bedroom uh, window, six, six feet away from my patio. <laughs> Can you believe how small them little boogers are? Uh, yeah, and I can't believe how fast they grow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that... They came right in and flew in front of my face yesterday and said goodbye, and I haven't seen them since. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Thanks for sharing that with us. Oh, it was wonderful. Here's yep. my question. Okay. Uh, hopefully, this is a simple one. I live in a mobile home. Okay. And it's very old, seventy-one, I think it was built. And in the bathroom, the there's no water pressure for the bath or the shower. However, right next to it, there's water pressure in the toilet and the sink. And a neighbor here said there's some kind of filter or something in the valve stem. And I'm afraid with the age of this, if I put any torque <laughs> on that, it, and there's no access into the wall from either side, from inside the shower yeah. or the bedroom behind it. And, and are the... Are these original plumbing fixtures from Vintage yes, 7? Yes, oh, man, yes. that's scary. <laughs> Sorry to say I that. Mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the fake crystal handles have already crumbled off. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, Yeah, and, and I don't want to touch it because I know if I put the least bit too much torque, boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're exactly right. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> are you. Are you looking for a plumbing recommendation? I mean, I'm just looking for help. Yeah, I'm I'm, telling you, you just need pressure back is. in your. <laughs> here's where it is. I'm on a limited income. I have not had a shower in a year. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I've been uh, uh, sponge bathing out of the sink. If you want to, okay, know the truth. And I'm. I listen to your show every week, and I thought, you know, I'm going to call. <laughs> yeah. The. 
the dilemma is going to be, uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call Joe at Thunderbird Plumbing. I'm going to, I'm going to get that number for you. And uh, let's, let's have you talk to Joe. Where you're in Glendale, right? Yes. Yeah. So almost, almost downtown, right on Glendale Avenue. Okay. Well, Joe, Joe's uh, right there in Glendale as well. Let's get you and Joe to visit and see if he can talk you through it. If he can't talk you through it, let's see if we can't take it to the next step. Six two three. Nine seven five. Three three zero two, and I think a lot of what he's going to be telling you is don't try and pull the valve out. Try and a lot of twisting motion. Um, there's another trick where you can put use a hammer and a board and gently pull as a directional. I mean, but you, but your concern's right. Oh, it's it's pretty gunked in there, and it's going to take a lot of pressure to come out, and there's a good chance you're going to break the pipe and not get the valve <laughs> before yeah. you get the valve out. Yeah. And then at that point, we're ripping the whole thing open. Well, Jeff, thanks for sharing the story about the nest of hummingbirds just six feet from your window. That's an awful pretty picture to take. And let's see what we can't do about getting your plumbing back in order. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. Thank you for tuning in. Well, we've been on the air 30 years, and I think I've taken in those 30 years maybe two calls from this particular city. Let's bring Carol into the conversation, calling from the home of the Gadsden Hotel, Douglas, Arizona. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Rosie. How are you this morning? Good. Are you in Douglas this morning? Well, yeah, I live in Douglas now. Okay. Um, I'm actually on my way to the farmer's market in Bisbee, and I'm all excited about that, but I pulled off the road because I didn't want to lose you. Okay. All right. Very good. You're listening to us on what? KNST out of Tucson? KNST out of Tucson. Okay. And I was... I wanted to thank you for the uh, referrals for the house, the roof on my house in Tucson. I got that fixed about three weeks before my job transferred me to Douglas, Arizona. And it's like, holy smoke, talk about fast. Wow. And uh, anyway, so now I'm in Douglas. I'm renting this awful, awesome home, and it's um, it's an adobe house built in 1920. I like it already. Oh, it's got hardwood floors and a basement. I like it. pane windows and Double-pane windows, the air conditioning, and it's like, yeah, baby, it's awesome. That sounds anyway, awesome. And, and the rent is like, oh, my God, cheap, 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 <laughs> compared to Tucson. Anyway, my question is, the problems that I'm having, I told uh, Jennifer about one, and the bathroom sink faucet, when it was replaced, was not fastened down underneath, and I didn't know whether I should keep riding the landlord to get that fixed or whether I should try and do it myself. And she said, even with the plumbing that old, she thinks she'd leave it alone. I think I will, too. Oh, yeah. But there's a question I'm not sure what to do about. Um, the water in the bathroom sink has good pressure. The front There's two bathrooms. And there's a bathroom with a shower, and that shower has good uh, water pressure. The sink has good water pressure. The toilet flushes okay. I mean, no problems. But the other bathroom... The sink has good pressure, but the bathtub has a dribble. 
and I can't find any way to locate a valve to turn it to see if it was all the way on or off underneath the, you know, in the bathroom right. where the tub is. And the kitchen sink dribbles. It dribbles hot water and it dribbles cold water. And I don't know what's going on. How? So the water pressure through, hmm? How? The, that started in the kitchen. And, and, and we may get pushed up against the top of the hour here, and I may have to call you back. But that started in the kitchen. How old is the kitchen faucet? I don't know. It's a Delta faucet. Okay. So it's not that okay. old. Okay. All right. There there should be, I'm guessing, there should be some way to unscrew the screen on the end of the faucet. There is no aerator screen on it. There is no aerator screen. Okay. Well, that blows that. It's just no open pipe. Yeah, I thought of that, too. Okay. I've listened to you for a long time, Rose. You've filled my head with all kinds of good things. <laughs> Well, I tell you, darling, uh, uh, Adobe Home in Douglas, probably galvanized plumbing. It, the, the source of plumbing problems in a home that old could come from a hundred different places. The valves are going to be the first thing you're going to want to take a look at, both in that shower and in the kitchen sink that aren't operating. Possibly they're just all gummed up. Uh, after that, boy, th- those are the inexpensive repairs if you can break them loose and get them replaced. After that, it just gets worse and worse. Okay, so I should probably ride the landlord to take care of it? I would. Because I don't know if I'll be, yeah, I don't think I want to take on, I mean, if it was at my home, I'd go for it. Yeah, but, yeah let the yeah. landlord be, be on the hook for it because it, really, when you're when you're trying to twist an old valve out of a of a of a galvanized pipe fitting, the galvanized pipe can be in such of a condition that literally you can twist the old pipe right out of its threads. You can literally just crack it right in half, and then then you've got to shut the water off to the whole house, and you're shut down until that gets fixed. And repairing old galvanized is like the ankle bone connected to the shin bone connected to the thigh bone, that once you break one piece, trying to get it out of the elbow before you break the next nipple that's connected to a T that goes to the other elbow, you know, it, you, yeah. it, you know it, you've started with a hole in the wall the size of a shoebox, and now you've got the whole end of the house ripped apart trying to find out where's the good galvanized that you can start from again. So, Carol, thanks for calling. I'm glad we helped you with the roof in Tucson. Sounds like a great home of great character in Douglas. Go to the landlord. Let him lean on a plumber. Get you back in water pressure. Thanks for listening. Thanks for pulling off to the side of the road. Good luck at the farmer's market. When we get back, it's Allison in Scottsdale.